0: activate you are listening to the fast break podcast with jeff and holt Go, go. go
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fast Break podcast with Jeff and Holt. He is the man himself, a player named Jeff that is My name is Ian and Holt, and we are coming at you uh, with Jeff. I'm, I'm, I'm at a, I had the intro, you know, all planned out. I was ready to, to to give this big, long speech about how excited I am, but the truth is I'm just too excited. We're back <laughs> after a long, long summer, after a long winter. We are back, and uh, NBA basketball is going to be starting up next week in just a few short days. Uh, we've been watching preseason. We've been watching all these young players, all these off-season transactions, these trades, the off-season. This has been the craziest off-season I've ever seen, but uh, before we get to talking about this, Jeff... How are you doing, brother?
0: I am doing absolutely fantastic, my friend. I'm so excited to be back talking basketball with my best friend and Holt. And you know, like you said, man, we're coming off of probably the craziest off-season at least in our lifetime. Um probably the craziest season off-season in NBA history, and I'm hoping that the regular season proves to be just as wild and crazy. So, happy to be back, my friend.
1: Me too, brother. And you know, I, I've been I, I try to think back, like, last summer was a little disappointing. Wow, horribly
0: disappointing, my friend. Um, I,
1: I try to think back the last time that we had like a crazy offseason, I think back to uh, LeBron James when he left Miami to go back to Cleveland, uh, how nothing happened for a few weeks while he was holding the league hostage until he made his decision. A similar situation last year with Kevin Durant, where nobody really made any moves until after he had made his decision, and then things kind of started trickling in. But the first thing I want to talk with you about today, Jeff, is uh, what really kicked off Uh, this offseason was Chris Ball uh, being traded from the L.A. Clippers to the Houston Rockets. Now, obviously, uh, it's been talked to death by this point. We don't need to put too much uh, effort into talking about how Chris Ball is going to affect uh, uh, the Houston Rockets squad with him and James Harden now taking over that backcourt. In my opinion, the best backcourt in the league. Sorry, Stephen Clay. But uh, I really want to talk more about the L.A. Clippers and how this is going to affect them because they got quite a haul uh from 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 Houston for Chris Paul for a guy that's got one year left in his contract Chris Paul obviously one of the greatest point guards of all time but uh they they gave up a lot to get him there uh Patrick Beverly Lou Williams Sam Decker uh just to name a few as well as some uh picks some um, minor league some you know G League players now and some cash considerations but they gave up quite a bit and uh, you look at the LA Clippers with all these new pieces and add throw in Danilo Gallinari into the mix what do you think is going to happen with LA moving forward because for the last few years it seemed like they're that team that has all this talent but just can't get over that hump of the second round of the playoffs now oh, some people are saying they might be better without Chris Paul what do you think?
0: Well, I'm you know the more I look at it man I, I think I'm one of those people and when I say better I don't mean like oh they're a they're a 11 game um you know they're, they're gonna be 11 games better than they were last year and they're gonna make it to the western conference finals I don't I don't think they're that much better but I, I do look at the depth that they added um and and I, I gotta say you weren't winning with Chris Paul and this trade in my eyes you you keep your roster at least even with last year's roster, bringing in Patrick Beverly, who's, of course, one of the better defenders, um, especially uh, point guards in the league, and you just add depth with Sam Decker, with Lou Williams, and like you said, bringing in Gallinari. Um, I, I think on the positive end of the spectrum, you're at least going to be as good, and the LA Clippers didn't exactly set the bar very high. Um, so really anything, if, if making the playoffs is, is basically par for the course for this team that's that's what i think of on the positive end um i, I want to hear what you have to say at least on the positive end of things and i got a couple negatives for you as well
1: and i mean i agree with you on the uh, looking at the positive side of things for the la clippers they've got a lot of talent they're a deeper team than they were last year they've they're they're solid really at all five positions um and have you seen this milos Teodosic guy the guy this guy's passes are you kidding me he oh, yeah, he's fantastic. Passer. He might be the best passer in the world
0: right now. I'm isn't excited. He's like 30 something, isn't he? Yeah, he's
1: a, he's a 30 year old 30 year old point guard, first year, 30 uh, year old rookie. So uh, we'll see how big of an impact he can have on their season. But his passing alone uh, is going to be huge for them, whether he starts or comes off the bench. Uh, it's going to be fun to see Blake Griffin. Um, kind of taking over that point-forward position, see him running the offense. When he uh, when he's played without Chris Paul over the last few years, he's put up MVP-level numbers. Uh, so say what you will about great Blake Griffin, but uh, he's really grown a lot since he's come to the league. My biggest question for them, Jeff, right now, um, outside shooting, they don't have a lot of it, and health. Uh, Danilo Gallinari uh, big-time uh, has missed uh, – a lot of games over the past few seasons due to injuries same thing with Blake Griffin uh same thing with Austin Rivers so health is going to be a big deal for these guys moving forward Sam Decker missing a lot of last year uh and I think that's really what's going to make or break them moving forward
0: yeah health is going to be a big thing especially when their best player at this moment Blake Griffin has struggled to stay on the floor uh, for the last few seasons and you know if he does uh, managed to stay on the floor for the better part of the season you know I see Blake having at least a a few considerations for the MVP award um, and really that's because you know Chris Paul ran the show last year and Blake and DeAndre Jordan just happened to be on the receiving end of Chris Paul running the show majority of the time so I, th- I do think Blake is going to be able to to make a case for the MVP this season I don't think he'll win it um, however something I'm worried about this team moving forward with this lineup without chris paul is you know the the effectiveness of deandre jordan i i really do think that this is going to be the year holt where deandre jordan is officially exposed as you know he's he's a very good rebounder he's a really nice shot blocker but that is essentially all he is and i think his play style on this new roster without chris paul deandre jordan is slowly going to fade from the nba and and also down the overall um, rankings on 2K. That's just my personal opinion. on, on DeAndre, <laughs> and,
1: and you know he played well without Chris Paul uh, over the past few years, averaging close to 18 points and 14 rebounds. If I'm uh, if I'm uh, looking at my at the numbers correctly here, but I think you're right. I think without someone to throw him those lobs or to get him the ball in the post, Blake Griffin is a very is a very good passer for a big man. Might be the best big man passer in the league. Uh, but outside of that, he does not have a whole lot of good passers on this team to get him the ball outside of the the new kid, Milos Telo. Uh, uh, to to excuse me. I've got I there gotta get go. used to saying that. You Man, got, got it. Got, you got it. That this. time, but um, so he's gonna he's gonna have to um, learn how to operate without Chris Paul for really the first time uh, in his career. And so I think you're uh, I I think you're right. I think he will be exposed a little bit. But I think DeAndre Jordan, despite uh, the flag he takes for just being some just being that guy that catches lobs from Chris Paul, I think is gonna surprise a lot of people and do a lot better than uh, than that expected moving forward.
0: You know, a big thing, though, to think about Blake and DeAndre as, as well as actually Sam Decker, because uh, Sam Decker is, is a lethal attacker of the basket. Um, you know, they they take away a lot of three-point shooting. Um, Chris Paul wasn't the greatest three-point shooter in the world, but he could at least extend it a little bit. You at least had to contest his shot. But losing J.J. Redick is gigantic for this team, because now you don't have the floor spacing, and all teams are going to have to do is suck it down into the middle. And I, I don't know how effective DeAndre is, is going to is going to be because he's not a guy who can create his own shot and he needs that floor spacing to open up the middle for pick and roll basketball and without the threat of jj reddick out there just bombing shots like a sniper i don't i don't know how effective he's going to be down low in the paint
1: and you know that's a good point too is a that's a that's a big concern um not only for deandre jordan but for the entire team as a whole Uh, When you've got teams like the Golden State Warriors and really not just them kind of setting the pace with three-point shooting nowadays without a lot of strong – Danilo Gallinari is probably their best option outside the arc. Uh, Maybe Lou Williams and neither of them can really set the floor on fire with their three-point shooting. Um, and neither of them should be. There should be the primary options on offense anyway. So without that three-point shooting, not only is DeAndre Drummond going to struggle in the paint, like you said, without that spacing, but the team as a whole is going to struggle to, uh, to get offense. And I think that's what Chris Paul and, more importantly, J.J. Redick brought to the floor as far as that floor spacing. So uh, Lob City may be dead. Um, but' uh, they've got, they've got I, I still think ultimately they've got a lot of talent to make it work. And it's really gonna be on Blake Griffin to, to take that next step uh, to kind of sum up, sum up things. It's gonna be on Blake Griffin to take that next step and really prove that he's among the elite in the NBA and that uh, he can stay healthy for a full season because that I think uh, you know all this is a moot point. if, the, if these guys go down with injuries, uh, they're just not make, they're not going anywhere. You know they're not going anywhere. At all, also it all becomes a move point.
0: Yeah, especially with how crazy tough the West is going to be this year and moving forward, it's uh, it's it's crazy to think that J.J. Redick may have moved on to greener pastures by going to Philadelphia. Right. <laughs> and, you, know, you can't
1: you can't you you can't take you have, every win is going to count out West this year. And, oh uh, yeah. The the Clippers need to keep that in mind moving forward. But eh. um, other you know we we take a look. Chris Paul was what really started it off. And uh, much like Kevin Durant and LeBron James before him, a lot of the focus was on Gordon Hayward, and where he was going to end up. There were rumors that he was looking at uh, looking at Miami uh, before, as well as Boston. There were rumors that he was thinking about staying out in Utah, but ultimately decided to uh, join a Boston team, who we're going to be talking about a lot, I'm sure, uh, over the next few weeks with all the moves that they made over the summer. Um, what do you think about how how does now now we again? With the Kyrie Irving trade, um, to to Boston with Gordon Hayward signing, they've been talked about to death uh, in the media. Utah, a team that really surprised a lot of people the last few years on this show, we've picked them to be dark horse uh, playoff contenders and to get to be really good moving forward um, with their with their core. But now Gordon Hayward gone, George Hill gone, their 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 best player is going to be Rudy Gobert. Uh, they've got a good young star in Donovan Mitchell, but. Oh, what do you expect now from, from Utah moving forward
0: it's tough man and like you said we've we've been talking about this team for a few years now being a dark horse and Gordon Hayward being one of the more underrated uh players in the league um now moving on to Boston um it, it's 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 weird because you got Ricky Rubio who was Basically, an outcast, um, an outcast from Minnesota. Um, Rudy Gobert, like you said, your best player. But in this league, if your center is your best player, you have issues. You have big time issues. Um, I, I'm, I don't think this is a playoff team anymore. Um and you know you've got you've got the the aging Joe Johnson I guess you can lean on a little bit with with Derek Fa- the the corpse of Derek Favors even though I don't even think Derek Favors is that old old it just seems like he's been in the league for you know 15 years but one thing I do expect is I think this is the year that Rodney Hood takes a big step because I think that he has to take a big step for this team to even compete. Um, I think Rodney Hood is going to have to become one of the league's better scorers at his position. I, I know they have him listed. They're going to have him listed as a small forward with Ingles over there at the shooting guard. I, I think that can change a little bit because you know Rodney Hood is a fairly good three-point shooter. He can be lethal at times. Um, so I, I expect Rodney Hood to take a huge jump. But for the team as a whole, I, I don't see a playoff team out there in the Tough West without a superstar.
1: And, you know, I've got to agree with you. Rudy Gobert, arguably um, uh, their best player, as you mentioned, and I think you're right. it's gonna Their, their success is going to hinge on Rodney Hood kind of stepping up. He was hailed as a sharpshooter coming out of college, but injuries and, uh, and uh, circumstance have kind of held him back a little bit. Um, and I, I think it's going to be on him to take a step forward and, and to become that three-point shooter that the Jazz need him to be. And you look at Derek Favors, this is a guy that injuries, again, um, have held him back. So just like Rodney Hood, he has been held back by injuries. I think Derek Favors, frankly, uh, a guy that's really flown under the radar for the for the for his first few years in the league. Um, he's coming up, uh, you know, on on another uh, under the contract coming up here. He's got one more year to prove that he can stay healthy and return to that near superstar status that he he was at. And I do I do really think he has the talent, the athletic ability. Uh, to become that superstar that the Jazz need, Derek Favors does. But at this point, it might be too late for him if the injuries get the better of him. Now, Ricky Rubio, I, I think uh, the Jazz made this trade uh, for Ricky Rubio, thinking that they were going to keep Gordon Hayward and have someone to kind of get Gordon the ball a little bit more and uh, establish him as that number one option. I don't see how Ricky Rubio really fits on this team um, obviously, you know, one of the best passers in the league, one of the better defenders for the point guard position at the league. But right now, I don't see a lot of cohesion among the Jazz, whereas, you know, the last few years, we they've looked like a finely tuned machine. Uh, the best defensive team in the league. Now, I'm not so sure.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't see it either, especially with Ricky Rubio. Um, you know, like you said, had, had the, the, the Utah Jazz retained, uh gordon hayward ricky rubio makes a lot of sense you've got yourself a playmaker you can get gordon hayward the ball he can be your superstar hopefully Derek favors stays healthy uh derrick favors by the way only 26 years old which is unreal um definitely thought he was 39 um, seems like he's
1: been in the league forever
0: <laughs> he seriously has he apparently came into the league when he was 15 um so yeah I, but but again with ricky rubio too man it, what team does Ricky Rubio actually fit on? Um, he's he's that type of point guard in today's game where he needs scorers and superstars around him. You know, you throw Ricky Rubio on uh, on Golden State and he probably does just fine as a backup. You throw him on Cleveland or Boston at this point. I mean, shoot, you put him back in Minnesota. He does fantastic. I was um, going to say,
1: could you imagine Ricky Rubio next to these scorers in Minnesota? Oof. I
0: know. he. You talk about getting the short end of the stick. Um, so, yeah he's he's kind of this odd man out i'm a little concerned with with um, with joe ingles being your starting shooting guard um it's you know he he can do some decent things uh i think i think one person on this roster though to to keep an eye on is they did take a risk and a gamble uh, drafting tony bradley the freshman out of north carolina um he was touted as if he would have stayed in school for one more year he would have without question been the best center in in the country and now he's taking his talents to the nba he's going to be extremely raw he's a seven footer he's got a lot of talent but playing behind rudy gobert really doesn't matter but i do want to keep an eye on him moving forward for this team
1: and you know tony bradley i I admit i don't know a whole lot about him i'm more intrigued by uh, donovan mitchell um, yeah
0: that's a big one too that's, man
1: That's another one uh, under, a little bit undersized for a shooting guard but has a, a dwayne Wade like skills um, so something someone to keep an eye on moving forward So the jazz not totally uh, not totally hopeless quite yet but <clears throat> uh, excuse me you look at them and you look at where they were last year and the direction they were heading in and you got to be disappointed how far back do you think uh, losing guys like George Hill and Gordon Hayward set them? Uh, because, you know, they're not a playoff team this year. Uh, It's going to take them a few years to get back to it. Uh, They've got no superstars really on their radar. What is the future going to look like for the Jazz?
0: The future is not very bright because I don't think in this league you can build around a center anymore no matter how how good they are, especially on the defensive end. Uh, I know Rudy has really taken his game to a new level, um, defensive player of the year. I think he's going to make a case for a couple. You know, maybe a first team. Um, I, I don't believe he was he was first team this past year. Was he Holt? Was he first team this year?
1: No, no, it was not first team this year.
0: Right. So I, I think he can make a case for that, especially now that he is going to have to be the man on that team. But I feel like we're going into another dark dark area, dark days for the Utah Jazz. Um, you know, I, I honestly can see this roster sliding down to like Sacramento bad or Phoenix bad especially with those two teams with younger players in their in their system now because of the draft I can I can definitely see a Phoenix or a Sacramento and maybe even a, uh, a New Orleans now surpassing the Jazz and the Jazz are going to be in the lottery very soon unfortunately
1: and you know I have to agree with you unless a, a superstar just decides he wants to go to Utah in next year's free agency class it looks like uh, the talents of of Rudy Gobert, Ricky Rubio, Derek Favors are all going to be uh, essentially wasted. Um, the Jazz are going to play around in mediocrity. Uh, maybe they, they fight for an eighth seed one year, a couple years, but uh, for the most part they're not going to be doing a whole lot, and then uh, it's going to be rebuild time. So got a feel for the Jazz. Gordon Hayward uh, leaving. I know a lot of Jazz fans were upset, and the rest of the <laughs> fans around the league kind of laughed at him and said, you'll be fine. Uh, not really the case. Uh, this is this is going to put them in a hole for quite some time.
0: Until the stars align and the banana boat clan the banana head boat. over to Utah.
1: They decide to go to Utah. Screw Cleveland. Screw New York. Screw Screw uh, Houston. Wherever. Screw LA. It's 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 Utah. Salt Lake City for the
0: banana boat. No. Oh, <laughs> my God.
1: could you could you imagine? Oh boy. But uh, one more team I wanted to talk about, Jeff, before we call it a show. Um, <clears throat> the Chicago Bulls. Dun dun dun. Oh boy, um, and I wanted to end on a light note because this is funny to me. Um, losing Dwayne Wade. Uh, obviously Dwayne Wade. Uh, not not uh, not the MVP caliber player he once was, but still a very good contributor. Uh, uh, whether he's coming off the bench or starting at that and, team card position, and
0: still LeBron James's best friend,
1: still LeBron James boy, uh, dude pushed eighteen points per game last year playing behind Ricky uh, or excuse me, uh, uh, Jimmy Butler. But the big story, obviously, uh, Jimmy Butler traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves for uh, for Chris Dunn and Zach Levine. Um, they also swapped picks in the draft. They were able to pick up Laurie Markinen. and we'll get to him in a minute. But uh, Chicago, I honestly think Chicago, especially if Zach Levine can't get healthy, they're going to push that all time, uh, loss percentage record that Charlotte set a few years back. Um, this is a bad team, man. Do you think so? This is, I think this is a bad, this is a bad
0: team. All right. Cause this is what I'm thinking. And you and I kind of discussed this when the, when the Jimmy Butler trade occurred, um, you know everybody was all over the the chicago bulls what are you doing what kind of a trade was that you just gave up one of the better younger shooting guards in the entire league a two-way player and you and i looked at this trade and we thought you know i mean
1: long term long term i don't think it's that bad
0: yeah because you bring in you know you bring in zach Levine, who i think both of us were in agreement that at, at least right now i think i'd rather have zach Levine than andrew wiggins um when he was playing for minnesota um and who knows what he turns into now that he's going to have more of a a prominent role with the chicago team so i like the addition of zach levine um i think larry markinen is going to be i think he's going to be a very good player but i think he has top shelf i think he has um a, a porzingis ceiling Um, he's an incredible shooter especially for his size he's going to be able to stretch the (coughs) excuse me stretch the floor and if you've been watching any preseason at all and I don't I know we don't like to put a ton of credence into preseason but Justin Holliday has been balling out of control um and he's he's got my attention and I, I think this team is going to be going under a young rebuild around some players on the verge like a Zach Levine um i i I don't know i don't know if i see like all-time bad hold i i see not great but do you do you see not playoffs like are they better than the knicks
1: i i don't i honestly don't think they're better than the knicks right now oh man after losing carmelo and i think and i think that because of the you look at the knicks and uh, knicks are and, and don't get me wrong knicks are gonna be bad (laughs) they're <laughs> uh, not making the playoffs either. But you look at someone like Christoph Porzingis. Uh, he'll be entering his third year, uh, so it'll be on him to really show that he can he can be the number one option. He can be the best player on the team. Uh, Frank uh, uh out of uh, out of France, I think, has a good shot at being a very good player. Uh, they've got some pieces. Uh, Chicago, like we said, with Zach Levine, um, he's hurt right now. We don't know what he's going to look like this year, or if he's even going to play this year. Uh, yeah, that's, Chris, that's true. Chris Dunn, um, there is potential there for Chris Dunn. I think uh, did not look good while he was in Minnesota, but that could be a matter of coaching. He was a top five pick for a reason, but we've seen top five picks bust a lot in the past. Uh, Justin Holiday, you know, was balling in preseason, but I can't, I just can't put stock in the preseason play. Um, like we said, they it, it, with the Chicago team, there is potential there with Laurie Markkinen, with uh, with Justin Holiday, with Zach Levine, with Chris Dunn, uh, but right now their best player is robin lopez and if your best player is robin lopez
0: you're gonna be a bad team <laughs> <laughs> put, we need to put that on a t-shirt right now fast break, if, break if, if if robin lopez is your best player you're gonna be a you're bad be team, a bad you're, bad gonna team. A bad you're gonna time. have a bad time gonna have a bad
1: time and i mean and, and you know like and the Bulls uh, respect for finally embracing the rebuild um, you know, with, with Jimmy Butler, the way, with the way things going, you lose Rajan Rondo, uh, you lose Dwayne Wade, you lose uh, uh, Jimmy Butler. Um, obviously, that, that's, that's uh, an iffy starting three, and we talked about this at the beginning of last season, uh, the lack of three-point shooting, the lack of ball movement was going to be a problem for Chicago, and it was. Uh, they did make the playoffs, but uh, got knocked out in the first round by the Boston Celtics. Um, but now... They've got no go-to scorer. They've got no go-to ball handler. They've got no go-to three-point shooter. They don't have. They don't have a go-to defender. They don't have a real leader out there. They have got nothing going for them right now. They've got Fred Hoiberg, who has been heavily criticized as a terrible coach around the league. He's still a young coach, um, so he's going to be their tank commander. They are. <laughs> they are going for that number one pick in the lottery this year, and chances are they're going to get it. Um, right now there is just not – even with the, – with the, you, you look at a team like the Brooklyn Nets, you look at a team like the New York Knicks, you look at a team like the, like the Atlanta Hawks, who are probably the second worst team behind the Chicago Bulls in the league, and you can point to one thing that's really positive – They have positive going for them this season. The Chicago Bulls this season have absolutely nothing. Now going forward, I think they've got a few pieces that they can look at to build around. But this season, they have got nothing.
0: Well, and to your point as well, when you're when you look around the league, even to the bad teams, um, you can at least, I guess, hang your hat on you know one guy like a team we were just talking about Utah. They're going to be a rough team. But at least they have uh, Rudy Gobert. It's without question their best player. He's one of the better players in the league. Um, you know, you can you can look around the league. Give, give me another example. Hold, you know, bad team, but but they've got their guy. I mean, look at
1: the Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns. They've got a yeah, few.
0: yeah, they have a few actually. Uh, they they just are the culture in Phoenix is just pathetic for That's basketball. Bad. But um, you know, even even out in Sacramento a couple of years ago, they when they had Boogie for so many years. Um, when you look at the Chicago team, like we just said, Robin Lopez is your best player. You're going to have a problem. So they don't even have that one guy to sell tickets. And if you've paid attention to ticket sales and you know the market really for the NBA, the Chicago Bulls have always been the number one uh, team in terms of sellouts, even more than the New York Knicks, believe it or not so i think that trend comes to a screeching halt without jimmy butler and without the hometown kid dwayne wade and rajon rondo even so you might be looking at a bit of a culture change out there in chicago as well the united center uh the madhouse on madison is not going to be as as hyped as usual that's for sure
1: and you know chicago has the benefit of their logo being uh, iconic thank you to michael jordan um uh, even in you know even in the early two thousands when they sucked they were still selling out arenas so I think attendance will take a dip uh, for the reasons you cited but, but uh, there's still a Chicago Bulls they're still a big market team they're still going to sell uh, sell tickets and that's really the problem with the um, with uh, management and and ownership not understanding that. Um, even you're selling tickets with a crappy team, you still have to put a good product out on the floor because uh, that that goodwill that Chicago fans have for this team is only going to go so far, and and I honestly think uh, the the team could very well lose less. Than, uh, could could very well win less than ten games this year
0: oh my gosh no way
1: i i, I really think that they're going to be hovering around 10 to 15 wins on the year it's good we, they're, we they're need gonna to put mad.
0: something on this right now i need this i need this on tape on the film i need an actual an actual number for from you right now hold that i can come back to in a few months
1: i will give the chicago bulls uh 14 wins maximum
0: 14 wins maximum 14 okay. wins maximum on the year all right, and I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna tell you that you're right, and I'm not gonna tell you that you're wrong. But if you're saying 14 wins max, I'm gonna say that they have, I'm gonna say that they get to win number eight within the first two months. Within the first two months, they get to win number eight. And how long is the NBA season? Month? How many months is it? It's like uh,
1: we start, we we start October 17th, and we go till uh, uh, about April, middle middle of April.
0: So we're looking at like a, like like a seven so month about, window. So about
1: so about six months. Okay. So, so you're giving them till the middle of December, till about Christmas time.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? We'll do that by Christmas. I bet you the Bulls have at least eight wins.
1: Have at least eight wins. The e the is the we the the east is pretty weak this year, so it's certainly a possibility. I still don't think they're getting more than 14. We will have to discuss this. Uh, come back. We'll have to put a bet on it. We'll have to find something to bet on. We'll come back on the show next week with a bet, you and I, Jeff. Let's do it. Uh, Total wins for Chicago Bulls, uh, so fans have something to look forward to in the next show. But uh, in the meantime, I think that's, that's all we have for today. Jeff, is there anything else you wanted to hit on?
0: Nah, I don't think so, my friend. Just happy to be back. NBA season starts next week uh, with uh, Cavs versus Celtics, and it's funny how that worked out. And also yeah. Houston versus uh, Clips, am I right? No, Houston versus uh, Golden State. Houston um, versus Golden State. So that'll be interesting. But, yeah, be sure to to go ahead and take a, take a watch for the Cleveland and Boston game. That'll be definitely be interesting, and I'm sure you and I will be right there hunkered down watching opening night.
1: No, we'll be watching that one. But we will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening. Cannot wait for the next show. We will see you guys later.
0: Take it easy.